Well, church, as you're having a seat, if you would grab your Bibles uh, and open to Matthew's gospel, uh, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 7. Um, Matthew chapter 7 this morning in this first new year, I wanted to start off by just refocusing and recentering our hearts on the truth of God's word. Um, but before I jump in there, I want to just uh, share a quick story. It was about, I guess it was about a month before the crazy uh, pandemic news started sort of reverberating around uh, our circles. Uh, it was a month before all that happened, my wife and I uh, had sold our house and we moved into a house just right around the corner from here. Um, and so we finally got moved and then the pandemic hit and everything shut down. We were excited about meeting all of our neighbors and doing all these great things in this great neighborhood pocket that we have found. And then all of a sudden we seemingly couldn't go talk to anyone even outside. And so we were just sort of uh, locked down. But the house that we bought, the house that we moved into, the reason we picked it uh, was for the location. It was this sort of, we had been doing sort of a longer drive. We wanted to get more central. We wanted to get where our lives were intersecting, where our community and our church was. And so uh, the house that we found was built in 1981. And uh, we did not pick it because we fell in love with the color of the floors. We did not pick it because we fell in love with the backsplash. We did not pick it uh, because uh, we loved the color of paint on the walls. In fact, the entire house was sort of that it, it was trying to be white, but it was pink. Anyone walked into one of those? It was like, oh, they, they chose this color. Okay, great. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it was just, we did not pick the house because it had all the right uh, interior things that we just loved and fell in love with. And so we, but we, we fell in love with the location. And so we moved in, pandemic hit, uh, and I got started changing paint colors right away, right? Because it was like all of a sudden we didn't have to go into work anymore. We couldn't talk to our neighbors. So I painted the whole house. Um, and we got started. But we, Ash and I were introduced to this entire world of home renovation options, right? And so you go into Home Depot or you have someone come in and talk to you and consult with you. The options are literally limitless on what you can do in a house, right? So there is uh, different, there's flooring options you can pick. You can pick I mean, anything. And so you go to the bookstore and you grab Chip and Joanna's magazine, which is very dangerous. I don't recommend doing that if you're about to move into a house because everything is beautiful and it's new and all the new trends and all the new fads are coming out. You turn on HGTV, you just get swept into this, this tsunami of endless housing options that can make you the home of your dreams. Um, You've got shiplap rooms. You have diagonal backsplash you can do. You can have 16 different variations of marble, 800 different variations of granite. You can do butcher blocks. You can do post oak wood flooring. You can get yourself some dramatic landscaping that all the neighbors will be super envious of. You can get tankless water heaters because the big one is a tank, and we don't want that anymore. We want tankless. Uh, we, you can get uh, water recirculation things going in your house. So literally, when you turn on the water, you don't have to wait the four seconds for it to warm up. It's just hot, like right away. You can get triple osmosis drinking water. You can get quadruple osmosis drinking water fountain taps on your house. You can get new swimming pools with underground sprinkler systems installed. You can get 
uh, wind frameless shower enclosures because no one wants to see metal around their showers anymore. That would be absurd. <laughs> the options are endless. And depending on how deep your pocketbook is, you can reach as far down as that will go and give them all of your money and they will do uh, all that you wish. Um, you can even put elevators in, by the way, I learned. Um, but it's, it's insane. The real estate market right now is also booming. The pandemic has everyone trapped in their houses. Everyone realized how much they hate their house and they all want a new house. <laughs> so everyone's thinking about all these things, right? Everyone's, it's just like, you put a house on the market now, it sells in 14 seconds for eight, 80 offers above, which is great for that person, right? And so it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And everyone uh, is seemingly sort of pining after the next thing, myself included. It's easy to fall into. But when you're looking at all of these things, when you're perusing Magnolia Market, Chip and Joanna, latest line of this, that, or the other, which is wonderful. I'm not knocking anything they're doing. They're incredible. Um, when you're looking at all, the, all these things, the one thing you never read about, the one thing that they never talk about, the one thing that you almost never consider uh, and you don't ever really think about is the foundation. Home foundations. It's not really talked about. There's no upgrades. You can't shiplap a foundation. It's just kind of there. You don't think about it uh, unless there's something wrong. Unless there's something wrong with the foundation, uh, everything else around it changes. Um, my aunt and uncle uh, lived in Florida, and they purchased a home a few years ago, and they bought a home, unbeknownst to them, who found out that their home was sinking about four years after they moved in. Their foundation was built, literally, because of the Florida beaches, a very sandy soil, and their home was literally built on the sand and was sinking and crumbling and cracking, and their home began to crack on the inside, and they had to spend exorbitant amounts of money fixing a home whose foundation was compromised. Uh, it was very stressful. It was a very long process, and it was very, very costly. Um, I don't think it would be wrong to assume here this morning that Jesus would be quite comfortable talking about uh, the home renovation world. Um, after all, he was brought up in a carpenter's home. He was around it. He was familiar with all of that. He was familiar with construction. He was familiar with woodworking. Jesus could have looked at plans uh, that most of us would be just confused by, blueprints, construction plans that we have no idea what to make of them, and Jesus could have made sense of them based on the home he grew up in. I would imagine that if Jesus... Um, today might flip through Chip and Joanna's latest magazine with all the coolest next stuff that we all pine after, that I pine after, uh, he might have been prompted uh, to tell us the same parable that he told to us in Matthew chapter seven. And I want us to listen to these words that Jesus speaks to us, very important words. Um, Simple but profound words. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus says this to us, church. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man 
who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. See, Jesus was masterful at taking these ordinary, everyday events of life and then speaking them to the people, the everyday people around them and saying things like this. If you think about life this way, if you think about this this way, then you can make sense of the kingdom of God that I'm talking about then you can make sense of the kingdom principles that I'm talking about here. And that's exactly what he's doing here at the end of Matthew chapter 7. He's saying, he's saying hey folks, I want you to hear the story about these two builders, right? And if we had arrived, if you had shown up watching these two builders when construction began, and if you were to watch them uh, do their thing and take part and see what these have been these builders were doing you would have been struck by some very um, apparent discrepancies in the two of them like almost very quickly very early on um, and most of us i think when we just would have observed these two builders building these two homes that jesus is describing we would have seen one builder and thought man this guy's really doing a much better time uh, much better job with his time. I mean, he's getting above ground. He's getting this thing into sticks. This other guy on the other hand over here, he's taking forever. After all, time is money. This guy's killing it. This guy's doing a great job. Uh, everything's time is money, and he's, he's getting after it. He must be, um, this guy must be better with his tools or something. Right? He's making better progress. He's very proficient at what he's doing. And so Jesus is telling this story of these two builders. And they're building a home. And they're both putting up this brand new home. And upon looking at these homes, you would look at both of them and think, these are beautiful. Both these homes are stunning. And then Jesus tells us, as the parable goes on, the rain came. The winds blew. The river bursts its banks, as we are very familiar with around here in Houston. And their structures, the home, reveals the fundamental difference that exists between these two homes and these two builders. House number one, Jesus says that when the rain came and the floods came in and the river burst its banks, Home number one, it did not fall. It stood. It stood tall. Why? Because its foundation was on the rock. And he juxtaposes it to house number two. And house number two was subjected to these same elements. It was subjected to these same uh, strong winds and the rains and the floodwaters came in. And it fell with a great crash because it was built on sand. The problem was the problem with the second home was that it had a lack of a reliable foundation. A foundation. 
And there's absolutely no way to misunderstand the story that Jesus gives to us. It's one of the beauties of the parables. They're just hard to miss the application. See, there were two houses, and they seemed the same when you looked at them. They looked the same until the storm and the winds and the floodwaters came, and it became very apparent that one builder had done the very hard work of putting his foundation on solid rock, whereas the other had put it on sand and then just proceeded accordingly. So what is Jesus doing here? What is Jesus trying to get you and I to understand? Why does he tell us this parable? Is he trying to uh, get us up to speed on building code? Does he just sort of like trying to show the people around him that he's like, hey, I kind of know a thing or two about construction in Jerusalem. I'm gonna kind of interject my expertise here. No, he's clearly not doing that. It's, it's very obvious what he's doing. Um, in fact, those that heard the story were astounded at what he said. Listen to their response, Matthew 7, 28 and 29. This is what they said. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teachings. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as one of their scribes. They were amazed because Jesus came in and he starts telling them these parables with authority that they were not used to. They were not used to hearing things like this. They routinely heard talks in the synagogue. They routinely heard um, heard things in the synagogue like we do at church. They were routinely long. They were routinely probably confusing, and they were routinely probably boring, much like um, some of your children might give me that grade after today. But when Jesus spoke, it was different. It was all different. They said, I can understand this guy. This is compelling, and I don't understand how he's saying what he's saying with such authority. And he tells stories like this, and I can, and I can put two and two together. Like, here's two men. Here's two builders. Here's two homes. Here's two destinies. And they have very clear pathways, and they have very clear beginnings and ends on each pathway. And those around them hearing this story that Jesus taught about would have known without a doubt this was not about houses. The story is not about building code. The story is about us. The story is about you and I. Um, in fact, he makes that clear here in this parable when he's describing what he's talking about, it's not actually about a physical house, but he's describing a distinction that exists in the lives of you and I, in the lives of men and women, in the lives of those who, as he says, hear my words. That's the distinction. That's what the story is about. Those that hear my words. He might have even said, those of the lives of men and women who routinely go to church and are keeping themselves involved in some religious system, if you come up to this, these, two, these two groups of people, if you come up to two of them in this group, they look the very same on the outside. They look the same on the outside. 
but the thing that will reveal where these people really are when the river bursts its banks, when the wind beats against that house, and when the floodwaters keep creeping in is where their foundation lies. Now, no doubt if I were to go speak to each one of y'all individually, and I have with many of you, each one of us has things going on in our lives that are equivalent to the floodwaters just creeping in, just inching in toward us, the winds just battering down against us because life is hard. Sin affects us. Uh, And this is what Jesus is wanting us to understand. We all understand these ideas of maybe the reign of regret that we have in our lives. We all understand these rising rivers of maybe sickness and fatigue and pain that we've seen or experienced or maybe our loved ones have experienced. We know the very real winds of the challenges of weathering life's hardships again and again and again. Whether it be struggles through raising children, whether it be struggles through a broken marriage, whether it be struggles through singleness, whether it be struggles through facing a loss of income and not understanding the way forward and what's going to happen, especially in the year that we've just come off of, all of us have experienced some level of trauma, some level of the floodwaters creeping in, or maybe they are flooding into your life right now. I think we could all understand that. And what Jesus is addressing here is something that we all face. And Jesus is helping us ask the very important question of, in light of all of that, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of those floodwaters coming in, where is the foundation of my life? Where is it? What have I built my life on? And here, here's something that is very stunning to me as you examine this parable. The distinction that Jesus is making here is stunning. Catch this. Do not miss this this morning. Do not miss this in 2021 with new beginnings, new life, new you, right? This is the, this is the most important part of this parable. The distinction is not just those who hear the words of Jesus and those who do not hear the words of Jesus, It's not this group hears the words and this group doesn't hear the words. That's not the distinction that Jesus gives us here. The distinction is between those who hear the words of Jesus and do something about it and those who simply hear the words of Jesus and do nothing. That's the distinction. And that is very, very different. Very, very different. So in other words, you can take a group of people, say, for example, just like this room right here, and we can say we all just heard the word of God from Matthew chapter 7 when I read it moments ago. We all just heard it. They were the words of Jesus. I just read the word of God. Not my words. This is just my commentary. The word of God is what I read, right? The, the, The word of God in Matthew 7. Some of us are going to hear it and do something about it. And some of us will just want to get on with our lives. 
And Jesus says, Jesus very poignantly, very directly says, the person that hears my words and does something about them and puts them into practice is like the builder who built his house on the solid foundation, the rock. And when it all broke against him, when the floodwaters burst the riverbanks, when the wind came ripping through the neighborhood, the house still stood. The house still stood because he's built his life on me and my words and obeying them. And the person who hears the words of Jesus and does nothing with them, just hears them and gets about their life and moves on, is like the individual builds their house on the sand and when the storm starts to beat against that house, his whole house falls like a ton of bricks. And he says, and it's a devastating fall. Great is the fall of it. Church, here's the application for us this morning. Here's what I want us to think about. I've been thinking about this parable a lot over the last month. I've been thinking about it in terms of us as a church. I've been thinking about it in terms of me as an individual, as a follower of Jesus, as one who wants to love and honor and obey him. It's the practical application of this. Having heard the words of Jesus, have you obeyed them and put them into practice in your life? Do you consider them? Does your life adjust because of what he says? Jesus says that it should, and when we do, that is the place that we begin to do the hard work, foundational work, that is that will help us stand through years like 2020, that when everything seems to crumble and crack around us, we still know I'm gonna be okay because my life is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, my Lord, and his word never fails. His promises always stand and he will lead and guide and shepherd me through because he is my good shepherd and he cares about me and he knows me and he is with me always and he will never leave me alone. We can build a life there. He says a lot of really, really comforting things. The words of Jesus are the best things to build our lives upon. Like, have you responded to this invitation that he tells us later in Matthew? Jesus says, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden. Can anyone raise their hand to that? I mean, I can Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, I want you to come to me. I want you to come and follow me. I want you to come and learn from me, and I want you to come and find rest in me. That's a command. That's his word. We're to to put that into action. We're to build our lives upon these types of things that he says. His commands are clear. Come, take, learn, rest. I want us to be people that do that this year. I want to be a follower of Jesus that does that this year. Coming to Jesus Jesus bids you to come to him. 
this morning. If you have never done that, I can't think of a better day, this day, this beginning, this new year, to come to Jesus and bend your knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I come to you. Obey him in that this morning. Jesus bids you to to take up the rule of Christ on your life. Have you ever done that? Take his yoke. It is It is not a heavy burden. He does not crush you. It is easy and it is light. It is the opposite of the world. That's the foundation he wants us to stand on. Jesus bids you to come and learn. He he bids you to come and learn how wonderful he is, that he came and died the death you and I deserved on the cross, taking the sting and penalty of death and now through his resurrected life, grants to you and I this incredible life, a life everlasting. He bids you to come to that, to learn about that, to never stop delving into that reality, that gospel truth. And Jesus bids you and I to find rest for our restless souls. Two houses, two builders, two very different destinies. Um, you may be here listening, you may be watching at home, um, and it might appear that everything is just fine in your life. All the shiplap is in all the right places. Uh, The floors are just right, the backsplash is just right, but on the inside, you just feel the floodwaters creeping in and you don't know what to do. In fact, you're trying to fill up sandbags and throw it at the places you feel it coming in, but it's coming in nonetheless. If that's you, then I invite you this morning, I invite you this new year to consider the possibility of taking Jesus at his word. Taking him at his word. Clinging to his promises. They are true, they are right, they are good, they are beautiful. And maybe even consider doing the hard work of resetting and rebuilding a foundation that's not where you wanted it. And building it upon his words. Building it upon what he says. Building it upon his great promises. On the words and works of Jesus Christ, our solid rock. That is the best place for us to be. That is the best place for you to be this year. In 2021, as we look forward Don't just look at the external. Don't just look at improving uh, a few things on the outside that pretty it up. Jesus wants us to look deep down in and say, where are you standing? Because if where you're standing is not solid, all the work you're doing up here will not matter. So church, this year, I want to encourage you. I want to admonish you. I want to say, let's do that together. Let's take Jesus at his word. Let's believe him. Let's treasure him. Let's trust him together. And let's build our lives and build our church upon the words and works of Jesus Christ because he is trustworthy. He is good. He is righteous. He is true. And he is where we need to be. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you give us guidance, Lord, that you give us very direct words. You give us even convicting words. God, I pray for those in here this morning, God, who, um, who feel the floodwaters creeping in. 
God, I do pray that uh, this week, today even, God, you would recenter their hearts and their minds and their lives on trusting in your words and believing and obeying them, not just hearing them, but obeying them, God. That we would place our weight and our trust on you and we would find rest for our souls in the process. God, it's not a call to work harder. You've done the hard work for us. All we now have to do is plant our lives on your solid foundation that you've already laid, that you've already established. Forgive us for planting it on other places. God, may we place our lives, our hopes, and our great trust in the words and the works of Jesus, our Lord. We love you and praise you and thank you this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's stand and sing another song to him.